you're going to hear us call this episode 108, but it's actually episode 109. We had to throw in an emergency podcast late Sunday night dealing with the Pacers trading of Karis LeVert. So here we are now getting ready for episode 109 of the Courtside Indiana podcast. Welcome to Courtside Indiana podcast. We are recording episode 108. Zach Tyler's back with us today. It's not like you took a week off. We just slipped in a a super secret NBA podcast earlier in the week. Zach, how was your week? Yeah, you did. Um, <clears throat> snowy week. Yeah. Well, yeah. We were, we were kind of snowed in a little bit. We had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off of school up here. Uh, did you get snow still, Wednesday? We got snow Wednesday. That's when we got hit. Yeah. Man. So we were like the uh, opposite days for you guys. We, we had, sorry. So there was, there were games. There was a game. We got about eight. Officially 8.2 inches here. Uh, we got, we got, um, well, there 11, were games 11.2 here. 11.2, but they still played game yeah. a game up there. Yes. Was it Thursday night? There was one game. Thursday night was the game. Yeah. Was one game in the whole state. Yep. And we, and you were there. And I was there. Nice. You know what? If I was that close to a game, I would have gone. Yep. 20 minutes is all just like right down it, the highway. If it had been like, you know, Southport would have played, you know, Decatur or, you know, Southport had plays a good schedule. Somebody in the south side of Indy would have played, a, you know, would have been a guy would have gone. I'd have been there. Yep. Because um, this is that weird week when everything was Thursday and then Saturday afternoon. Right. Of course, most, of course Thursday got wiped out. Yesterday kind of sucked because normally games are scheduled as such you know, various times, anywhere from 12 until, well, normally 12 until like four, maybe four. And then you've got a handful of games that are still at 730. And then as girls teams lose during the week, more games start popping up at 730. You start seeing games get rescheduled to normal times. You can usually get to about, well, I can usually get to about four games. Yesterday, I just got to two games. So yesterday was, compared to other years, kind of a bummer. Um, but I did see two good games yesterday, so not that, that not that actually saw, yeah, one of them we're going to talk about. So for sure, probably two of them we're going to talk about, but anyway, um, hit us up on the recruiting update. Then we'll talk about what the IHSA or what somebody, what Kyle Nedrip reported earlier this week about the IHSA's plans for the state tournament. Then we'll do our weekly stuff and then this will this won't be too long of a podcast today, so go for it. Right. Get us going. So, senior Dion Franklin from uh, Maryville got a couple offers this week: Joliet Junior College in Illinois, and then Ancilla offered him as well. Um, we had this was an earlier commitment that we just got into this, the database. Was Chris Mullen committed to Chester? I'm sorry, committed to UND uh, football from Chesterton. Yeah. I, didn't get that in a long time ago when I should have. Uh, Beck Williams from Bethany Christian got a Dominican offer. Lincoln Tomei from Valpo, uh, he's at uh, Bosco right now. He got a Milligan offer. Blake Jacobs from Northridge also got a Dominican offer, along with Jonah Lucas from Lafayette Harrison, a Dominican offer. Uh, Julian Norris committed to Moorhead State. Sorry, I skipped around here a little few things. Uh, I'll get back to that commitment in a second. Cade Brenner from Northwood picked up an IWU offer. Uh, he joins Huntington, I believe, is the only other offer on his list. And then Reggie Bass from Tech got a Lemoyne College offer. Going back to the commitments now, uh, Julian Norris, like I said, he's at a – is he a prep school now? Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Missouri, unless he's left, yeah. Okay. And he, I believe he had that Moorhead State offer when he left to go to that school also. He did, yeah. His recruiting, yet again, his recruiting didn't change right? For, by going to a prep school. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure how bossy would be with him on their team if, if they'd be that well, much they're, better. No, they're, yeah, that's fine. You go ahead. I, okay. I actually saw them play during that uh, the, the deal at Harrison 
over Christmas breaks or not over Christmas break. It was mid January. So oh, okay. yeah, go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. And the last commitment of the week was uh, Jake Chapman from tri central committed to Northwest Ohio NAIA school. I like Jake. He's just a little, a little undersized as a three. Um, Evans on bossy. So Julian Norris. So, I mean, bossy's 10 and seven. They play a number of teams from Kentucky of, of which I know nothing about. They came up, they came up midweek, midweek. Yeah. Midweek and played Chittard. No clue why they did that <laughs> and got beat. When's December 11th? Hold on a second. December 11th was um, a weekend. No, it was a Saturday. Their midweek game was the 14th. So they came up to, so that was not a midweek game. I'm sorry. I saw the 14th and thought the 14th was a weekend and the 11th was midweek. But they, they came up and played Chatard for some, for a random game that they've never played. I don't know what happened there. Um. You know, Bossy's always a threat. I have no clue. Oh, the Springfield Southeast game that I saw in mid-January, that, that group was a good group out of Illinois. Basically, Evansville Bossy, just longer, bigger. The, you know, the, the other two Kentucky teams they lost to, Madisonville and Owensboro, no clue how good they are. But I, they are playing – they did play a stretch of games without uh, Tere, uh, the little guard. Um, dang it. What's his last name? Um, they played um, – Nick. We Nick, where are you? No, yeah, right, Nick. Come on, Nick. <laughs> Hop in there. Tere Hal. He is – First of all, Matt Wagner is wonderful. We we talked about him and back then, but Terre Howell is he's small. I mean, he's five eight, five seven, but he is he's good. He's super super quick, super fun to watch. He's he's got hell of a vision. He's got outstanding vision. I started to say hell of vision. What the heck's going on with me here? Um, yeah. And you know they're. <laughs> It's not uh, – they don't have a whole lot of size. That's their that's their deal this year. So um, they've been pretty blessed with size lately, but this this group is not. Um, they'll, they'll definitely be – they'll still be a threat in 3A come March. You know, I mean, and nobody in that sectional this year is is really standing out. I mean, Heritage Hills is undefeated in their among sectional teams. Evansville Bossy is undefeated among their sectional teams. The rest are sectionals. Gibson Southern, who Bossy beat by thirty-three. I mean, with Julian Norris, they'd be—they would be—you know—they would definitely be better. You know, they would definitely be better. And the—you know—Nick, Nick kind of agrees with me that the prep school route is—you eh. know—I mean, really, you know what. You know, look at Reggie Bass, his his deal going off, his deal going off to a prep school. And again, I don't know that it, it's I'm not trying to suggest it's causation, but, it, you know, him going to a prep school. Didn't didn't improve his recruiting situation at all. Um, and those the Bosco kids. Have they has their, their recruiting jumped any? Uh, not that I know of. No, I mean, I was just. How many offers coming out of there, right? And then, I mean, not, not lately. I mean, at the beginning, sure. Yeah. But that was before they played any games. Yeah. But I think we both, I do think we, we both felt like we saw some improvement in some kids. Yeah. The week we went up there. Definitely saw improvement. You know, there's no question that, at least in that situation, I can't speak for the school that Julian Norris went to. We don't, right. we don't know much about it. I know when he made the transfer, we kind of from afar mock their academic situation. Um, but we went up to Bosco's open gym. It was definitely a competitive open gym. I mean, there's, and that's one thing I like to talk about with the summer stuff, like the AAU stuff that I've done for a, a while. I mean, 30 years that in most cases, the, the, you know, the kids make each other better. You know, the practice situations, go a long way toward making each other better. Sure. For sure. Um, you know, but it's, 
I don't know. I don't know what Julian Norris got out of that. So, you know, each each family has their own their own reasoning for doing it. I got why Bass went. I understood that. I understood why he come why he came back. <laughs> you know, um, but he is. Um, I don't. I don't know that going to that prep school really helped him much. It certainly didn't change the way he played. But Brenner. Brenner had a good week. I'm sure you're you're going to talk about him later. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Adonis House. We forgot him. Adonis House from Liberty Christian got the West Virginia Wesleyan offer. NAIA school. He's he's a, he 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 would be a kid that I think. Now we talk about prep school. We talk about prep school being as undergrad, like as you know, for like a high school, right. And someone I'm sure will say something about Lalu. Those guys were good before they got there. You know, those those guys were. Those guys were. It's not like they made players there. I don't. It's, that's you know. That's my opinion. You know, I don't. I think Jeremy Fears would have probably gotten a lot of high major offers. Yeah, JJ Starling too. Yeah, if they if they didn't go <laughs> Lalamir. I mean, let's. And you and sometimes you look at their schedules and you, you realize that outside of a handful of teams are not really playing a bunch of good good competition. Lincoln Tomei, his his offer from NAI from Milligan. All I can say about that is I mean, I like Lincoln Tomei, but I also I mean, Milligan's in a beautiful part of Tennessee. It's like, <laughs> I've been down there. It's really it's really nice down there. What Jonah Lucas, the three they get three Dominican offered three players this week. Yeah, Dominican went to work on Indiana yeah, kids. I, I saw Harrison this week, and uh, Jonah can. Jonah's really improved his shot, so it was it was good watching him play. They they really start three point guards there at Harrison. He's one of them. I love his, the Henderson kid. Yeah, his little brother's another one, and then um, Ben Henderson is actually their primary ball handler for the most part. I think a lot of it is because Jonah's. I mean, Henderson's the third best shooter among that group, among those three guys. But Mullen, we knew was going to play football in college. Did we? What happened with the Beck Williams thing? I I had put in the database wrong. That was my problem. So you originally had him committed, but it was yeah, just an offer, it was just an offer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was my fault. And then house housekeeping information. I got to figure out why the decommitments aren't showing up in the database. So I'm not sure I'll get to that this week, but and then I'm sure I'll forget. So anyway, so the IHSA this week, or it was reported that the IHSA was considering going back to a one-game regional and a two-game semi-state, which for those that don't know or don't remember, that's how class basketball started. There was a one-game regional and a two-game semi-state, I want to say, for the first two years, maybe for the first three years. And there was even a one- or two-year stretch. It was definitely two years. It, it was definitely at least two years where the one-game regional, regional was midweek uh, because I remember taking our Eminence kids to – because I was coaching at Eminence High School when class basketball – when we changed over to class basketball. We took our Eminence kids to Anderson for the Pike – Anderson Regional. And then I think it was the next year I went down to Greensburg and watched them play Corridon in in, in a one-game regional there. Imagine that drive. Imagine those drives or the Corridon to Greensburg drive on a school night midweek. That was – I hated that, but they were well attended that <laughs> – any, any, what's your thoughts on the one? I mean, they're not talking about moving it to a weeknight, so they're just talking about switching weekends. Any, uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, not really. I mean, it's basically <laughs> you're flip flopping the weekends is all you're doing, right? Essentially, true. You're making the regional a one gamer. So, where did do, how does that work out for regionals then? We gotta get you more, we gotta get you to be a more opinionated SOB. Then. What? <laughs> what is what does a regional look like then if it's a one game regional? Well, I mean, 
what sites how do they use the same sites as sectionals then or how does that work out no, they or? would i don't know they would probably do it the same way they do semi-state in terms of the functionality you'd probably have people get their money's worth you know that you would you would have two games probably in locations they would just change change which weekend they have the one game which weekend they had the two games but what it does is is it enables more you have more regional championships which okay great Obviously, if you'll have more, that's the only thing that'll change is you'll have more teams that can put that little regional championship plate on their trophy by the end of the year. On the banner on their walls. Woohoo. You know, <laughs> whoopty skipty. You know, I don't, I don't know why they got to mess with it. I don't know why. This is, this is one reason why when, when we went, we were talking about class basketball back in the late 90s. You know, there were a lot of like relenting opinions of, okay, if you're going to have class basketball, have three classes or have two. And they don't have to be even classes. The top, let's say you had three classes. 3A could have been just 64 schools, just the top 64. Didn't have to be distributed evenly. And then 2A and 1A are distributed then, of course, evenly. Uh, But you know, back then, the notion of class basketball was all about, quote, fairness. And what it was was the small schools were, were getting tired of, of not winning sectionals. We could do, we could do the, um, the migration of winning in Indiana high school basketball someday, the oral history, or I could write a book about it. <laughs> nobody, would, nobody would read the book, but maybe we could do an oral history of that someday, but uh, you know, that's, you know, a lot back in the day, there's a lot of these places that won sectionals, you know, that, that struggle now because, or that struggled in the mid nineties or up until the mid nineties, because, you know, the balance of power had shifted, you know, the, the, the county seat of a, of a, of a, you know, the county seat of an area or of a, of a county was no longer the best team of a sectional. You know, they were getting overwhelmed by bigger schools because they were landlocked, sort of, because they were organized as cities. And now these county, like Lafayette Harrison, for example, and that's not a great example, but, um, you know, all these schools that were competitive in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s started to see themselves lose power sectional-wise. So they started complaining. They figured out how they could do it. Obviously, they modeled it after football, as well as other states. So now you can have these small schools feel good about winning sectionals. I hated it then, and and it's it's been fun. I mean, it's been fun. There's been some good stories, um, but the only, it's the only reason why I can think of them doing this. There's no other reason. Yeah, I guess my question would be, what's broken about it? What's going on now? That we need to we need to do that too. Not enough regional championships. That's yeah. what's broken about it. Not enough plates to put on a trophy. Because no matter how they dice this, you've only got you still have the same number of semi-state champions. So you're still going to have eight semi-state champions every year. Because you're just going to have it just be have one a, game instead or no, two games. Two, I mean, yeah, two, two games, games instead. instead. Right. They flip. Right. Sorry. But what it'll do is it'll double the number of regional champions. Yeah. And that'll make administrators feel good. You know, that'll make, I, I, I doubt coaches are in favor of this or would be in favor of this as a whole. You know, unless somebody has a clause in their contract that, you know, I don't think high school coaches have incentive <laughs> clauses in their contract. It would be harder to fire a coach if he was a regional champion. I mean, but I don't know. And I don't, I don't subscribe to the Indy star. So I wasn't sure if Kyle had anything in his article about the, the, the positives of changing it. Changing no, he was the weekends, just, it was just straight just talking. Okay. Yeah. When Kyle does, when Kyle's, I mean, Kyle's a reporter, so he's just going to pretty much push straight fact. And, you know, unless he's going down the path of writing about prospects or, um, 
writing about projecting, you know, obviously projecting things. Right. Okay. It's funny how sport, we talk often about how people don't know the difference between a reporter and a columnist. I, I guess when you're, when you're a sports, you know, when you're, you cover sports, especially high school sports, well, there's not a ton of resources thrown to it. You're going to have, um, you're going to have situations where guys will have some opinion and some reporting, but I think Kyle does a, as good a job of any is not mixing those two within the same sure. piece of discourse. Right. So, yeah, I guess my opinion would be if it's not broken, don't fix it. I'm not sure what the, <clears throat> what the big deal would be about having the weekend switched in one game and two game and everything. So it, all it does is, yeah, all it does is produce more regional championships. Does, does it help with travel or anything? I don't know no, about that be, kind no, of stuff it, logistically. I, I guess it could. I guess it could, but we're talking about Saturdays. You know, you're talking right. about games that are played either at one thirty and th- or one and three thirty, or then six and eight thirty. You're, you're talking about, you know, a Saturday night. Is it six and eight thirty? Is it that? No, it's one and three thirty. Oh, and four and six thirty, something like that. It's a Saturday. They never cared about travel before. They sure as hell don't care about travel for sectionals. Right. I mean, there's any, you know, there's, there's a number of schools that travel 90 minutes to their sectional or over an hour for sure. You know, the first few, the first few times that they switched eminence got screwed over big time in terms of distance, three different locations, all of them over an hour. They're the, the early days of, the early days of class basketball. I'm not sure it's any better now, even though there's some more, there's more one, a schools in Indy. Right. I haven't really paid attention to where they go now, but that's just, it was like that when we started and it was like that the next two changes, they went from like white river Valley. That was where we were when we started. Then they went to Attica or wherever the Attica sectional was. And then they ended up at Edinburgh. Those aren't good. At least the Edinburgh one was all interstate. But I mean, I know we've talked about it before for like for Northwood, I know that their regional is Newcastle. So they're, they're three hours on a bus yeah, to Newcastle. So, but a lot of times those school, those, like those situations, they'll go Friday. Right. They'll, they'll go on Friday night and stay. And so I wasn't sure if something like that would change or if that would change sites for some schools or what for regionals. It would, de- well, it definitely would change sites. I mean, logistically, because you would, well, I don't, yeah, I mean, you would have, instead of four semi-state locations, you'd probably have eight regional locations. You'd have two games each because you'd have 64 teams. You would probably have, well, you'd probably have 16 regional locations. If you had two games at each, each region, each regional, right? So you have 64 teams, you'd have, no, you'd have eight. You'd have 64 sectional winners. And then you would have, um, if you played two games, that means you'd have four teams at each location. So no, you'd have 16 regional locations is what you'd have. And then you would take 16 teams to the semi-state in each class instead of eight. You would double your regional championships. So your regionals, your regionals would not be all, say, two A teams. It would be a 1A and a 3A team. Oh, I was, I was, I don't think that would matter. You just probably would have, hopefully you would have two games in one location. Right. But I'm saying like, you're not going to, those two games in one location, they're not going to play each other. That not necessarily. Same day. That or would nec- defeat them. Or necessarily at all. Right. They, yeah, they would correct. Right. They may not even play each other in the semi-state round. Right. Right. You know, I assume that I assume the regionals would be two games. I assume they would be lumped together based on geography. So you'd have like the the three A regional and the four A regional. Like you'd have the Garen Catholic, whatever sectional they're in, would be at the same section or the same regional as the winner of the Carmel Noblesville sectional. Which you know those are the two places that host usually host sectional eight. So right, right. I would hope they would do that if, if they end up going down this path. It's, it does help with travel. 
but on a Saturday, I just don't see where it matters when you have people traveling pretty far distances for sectional on a school night. I mean, that Bloomington, Columbus, East Central sectional is ridiculous on a school night, especially when they have it at Bloomington South. East Central travels to Bloomington on a school night. I don't know if they ever have it. First of all, I don't know why that sectional just isn't at Columbus North every year. You've been to Columbus North, Jim? I have not. It's awesome. It's it's a lot like Kokomo's. Okay. It's a little bit smaller on the side, but they, I'm sorry, it's bigger on the sides. They don't have as many bleachers on the end as what Kokomo does. Okay. But it's basically the same structure. Um, yeah, so like you're talking, East Central is, it's a two-hour bus ride on a Tuesday night. Yeah. East, when, East when Central to Bloomington South. Yeah. When is that Bloomington? And I thought the one year it was at East Central. So flip that for, for North right. and South. Right. Why it's not at Columbus North every year is beyond me. And maybe, <laughs> maybe it has been lately and I just haven't paid attention. But Columbus North is one of the biggest gyms in the state. Not that Bloomington South is small. But so Columbus it, North is a fabulous yeah, I, gym. Right. I, and I mean, I guess if you're doing it for travel reasons as well, I, I, I guess that can be a reason. And that wasn't that wasn't cited in the article, right? Just the consideration of it. There were no reasons really given, unless I missed it. And it wasn't. I didn't see that Kyle went off and tried to speculate, which is not necessarily his job at every given moment when he writes, right? But yeah, it would. It would. When you mentioned travel, which was a good point, that could be a reason. But again, we're talking about Saturday. I mean, I. I figure out a way to go to two of these things in the same day. I'm usually during regionals, unless I've got something else going on, I'm usually getting the three games. Right. Two I'm in the morning getting, and then the nighttime one somewhere else. No, it's usually, well, yeah, sometimes it's flip-flop. It's yeah, but yeah, it's one in the morning and then I'll hustle my butt to the ones that are like at four and six thirty. All right, Zach, what's your best game of the week? Best game was the only game I went to this week. Uh, Saturday was a little busy, soccer-wise, and then we had a school event Saturday night. There was only a couple games Saturday night, even then I could have went to. But uh, so I this, there's like a, I love there's like a foot and a half of snow in the ground. We're still playing soccer inside. It's great. That's right. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so the the big game was their Thursday night game. Concord hosted Northwood. Well, it was a doozy, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Uh, first of all, uh, I love when people come say hi to me and they, they mention the podcast and that they listen and how good of a job we do. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, one of the new Prairie coaches actually came over to the game to watch the game because they were off also. So he said him and his son came over and checked out the game and he came and talked to me and I appreciate that. Uh, anytime anybody wants to come talk to us at games, do it. We love, we love hearing from you. Uh, but yeah, it ended up being a really good game. Uh, I, I kind of thought it would be. I know both Coach Deshaun and Coach Wolf personally, and and Concord fights no matter who they're playing against. Obviously, they beat Warsaw a week or two ago, and then Warsaw went and beat Valpo. So uh, he the Concord was without one of their seniors. Mario Moore was out with an ankle. Um, I know if it was a sectional game, he probably could have gone or probably would have gone. Uh, but that, that's kind of a big piece missing for them. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all, and that would have won in the game. But, uh, I mean, it was everything that I guess you would hope that the only game in the state would have been and go, go to overtime and have a game winner. You know, that was a weird week because – I guess I did get to a game Tuesday. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what my game of the week is. And I mean, I already know what the choice is, but I want to make sure that I'm not, that I'm not forgetting something, but yeah, we didn't see games Wednesday night or the, the typical Thursday night of this week. I got the Logansport Lafayette Harrison on Tuesday. That was fun watching former player coach Logansport, former player as the assistant athletics director at Harrison. So that was a fun game. I mean, it was a it was a fun visit. It was not a fun game. Harrison won by thirty two, so it wasn't a, wasn't a great game. I left midway through the third. I really had plans that night, and and because I didn't know that there were any 
Well, the game I was going to go to was supposed to be was closer to home. So I had to definitely switch out and I had to leave early because my evening plans didn't change just because game schedules did. So I did get a chance to see two games yesterday, which, which that was what I was saying earlier. Usually on that Saturday of girls sectionals, you get a chance to see either three or four, four game, three or four full games, or you get a chance to see parts of, you know, probably two whole games and parts of two others, depending on travel. And it just, there were so many games this, this week or this yesterday. I just saw Floyd central beat cathedral. There were so many games that, um, started all at the same time or were far enough away that it just didn't work out. I saw two games yesterday and the, the first one was uh, Tenley versus um, Blackhawk Christian. That's, that's my best game. And that was Tenley got off to a, a good start, really good start. The shot. Well, Alondo, Alondo, um, gosh, dang it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I hate. I hate. I, I want to call him Tucker. Why do I want to call him Tucker? That's the one bad thing about do, recording on Sunday morning is that we, my brain doesn't work. Alondo Hall. God damn. Why don't I remember his last name? I always want to call him Tucker. Orlando Hall started off shooting well. Uh, Jaden Thomas shot the ball well, and but but what the problem became later is that Blackhawk Christian, their smallest starter, six three. I mean, they're, they're definitely bigger at the two guard positions, and they, they eventually figure out a way to take advantage of it. Yep. And then Sefton got going. So they were um, – I mean, Tenley was ahead by 16 or 17 at one point. Jeez. In the first half. And Blackhawks sort of inched their way back and forced that to overtime, and they ended up winning by three. And really in overtime, it was a two-possession game. It was a two possession game. So that was my, that was my best game. Uh, so which, who was your best team of the week? Well, you've only saw one game. So you're going to say Northwood. <laughs> Northwood. Yeah. Northwood. Northwood, yeah. the best team. They found a way to win it. Obviously uh, they were battling foul trouble the whole game. Uh, that was, that was a big issue. I feel like going in, uh, going into the final over or into overtime, um, the free throw disparity in the game was uh, Concord shot 20 Northwood shot 13 of those 13 Northwood made six uh, Con- Concord didn't do much better. They made nine of their 20 free throws. Um, so they didn't take advantage of that. Uh, but, but Northwood was the best team. They, they found a way to win. Like I said, for, with Cade Brenner making that final shot, getting to the basket. I, it was still a tough shot. I mean, he's doing it with 2.7 seconds left, and he's got to get to the basket and make a play without committing an offensive foul and he, soft off the glass, and he, he made it. I mean, it was a big play. Best game or best team, I mean. And, and Ian Roche doesn't get enough credit, I don't feel like, either for Northwood. He's, he's tough, tough inside, just does the little things right. He's a junior for them as well, bigger guy. I really like Ian. He he's so good without the basketball. Yes, yes. Not that he's not good with it, but not that he's not, not that he's not good with the ball. But he is so good without the basketball. Yep. Such a smart player. You know that's he had, yeah. He had four of their four of their six points in overtime. I mean, he hit a couple of big free throws to tie it up for them in overtime, and he was really good. My best team of the week, or my best team, I guess I'm just going to say Blackhawk. First of all, I was impressed with the size they have at each position. I love positional size. I don't know what what coach or what analyst doesn't love positional size. But I, I liked how they were able to take advantage of their matchup advantages. And it, it took some time for them to figure it out. They started the game. They were a lot of flex. You know, obviously, they they changed their offense a lot from last year, which, you know, makes sense because you don't have Caleb first anymore. But and I'm really impressed with, with Sefton, Gage Sefton. The, um, and most of these guys are juniors. 
here we go again with another team, a good team in the state of Indiana. That's, that's, you know, full of juniors. Yeah. I mean, they do play seniors. The Boyer kids a senior for sure. But then a lot of their key pieces are juniors. And Gage Sefton is, is their primary, he's their best player. He, he's their, he's their point guard basically. And they were able to figure out which matchups were favorable to them. And he was not the favorable matchup. I'm, I mean, he had a, ended up with a good game, but he was not the, you know, it was not the favorable matchup. They, they did a lot of stuff with, um, with coach Davidson's son, Jimmy. Yeah. I really like Josh first also. He's tough. Yeah. He was, he struggled a little bit just with the speed of the athleticism of Tinley, but what was weird was Tinley didn't play. Maybe you should have talked about this during the best game part. Tinley didn't play Aaron Humphrey a whole lot. He kind of got a little bit of a doghouse. I'm not sure why it was, it was gameplay related, but they could have used him down the stretch for sure. Huh. And they just chose not to play him. I don't know what the dynamic was there. People next to me asked if he was in foul trouble and I, didn't didn't seem to think so but but yeah i was really impressed with um and they start jimmy davison's their smallest starter at six three they start um let's see go through here they start josh first at six six lewis jones at six five gage sefton at six four jake boyer at six four so that's their starting lineup and sefton is their primary their primary ball handler and really enjoyed their, their movement without the basketball. They had several possessions where the ball doesn't really hit the floor or maybe hits the floor once. So and it was good to see Coach Davidson coaching. Uh, I, mean, I think people know what he's, he's struggling through. Um, but he was um, – he had those guys playing really hard, which, you know, that's – they have a pretty good – stint of winning over there which you know yeah. caleb but they were winning before caleb got there they weren't winning as much as they did when they had caleb but they were definitely winning when caleb got there and this group look they what did they end up um how deep into the year did they go blackhawk let's see fort wayne blackhawk how many games did they win before they lost their first game they won their first 11 games without first and they started with fort wayne north who's, you know, it's a talented team. So they didn't, they don't play an easy schedule. Their first two games were Fort Wayne North and New Haven. We've always talked about how well they schedule and schedule yeah. up, schedule anybody. Lafayette Central Catholic was their third game. So that group without Caleb first, that's an adjustment. They're basically running an entirely new offense. I'm sure they run some set pieces that they've kept intact, but their core offense is different. And they're coming out there cold against, 4A and, and then two 4A teams and a really traditionally good 1A team. And just kicking ass. They beat Bar Reeve by 11. They beat North Davies down at North Davies. They beat Brownstown Central. That's that's probably their best win of the year. And, and they may take as much pride in, I don't know, even though they lost to Homestead, they may take overtime. as much pride in taking them to overtime as they do yeah. beating anybody. I would say that win against Brownstown Central was their best game of the year, their best win so far. But to beating Tenley is also a good win. And Tenley is going to be – the way Tenley played yesterday, especially in the first three quarters, they're going to be – I mean, I think they're going to have – I mean, I guess they can have a bad game. Anybody can have an off night. But they're going to have – they're going to be the team we thought they were in tournament time. And I'm very much hoping – no offense to anybody else, but I'm very much hoping for that. 10 lead 21st century state finals matchup. <laughs> That's where I want to go with that. So, oh, and by the way, the Blackhawks last five games aren't that easy either. No, they're not. Snyder, Snyder, Marion, Marion. Yeah. I don't know much about Antwerp, Ohio, uh, Leo, and then Fort Wayne Northrop. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, record wise, I think Marion, again, don't know about the Ohio school. Record wise, Marion's the, the worst record of the, of the bunch. I mean, Northrop's nine and eight, but you know, they've, they've got Jalen Jackson. So, yep. yeah, they'll be well-tested come March. 
they'll definitely be well tested. So, and there's no reason for a team like that not to schedule up. The kids like playing that competition, and you you really figure out where you are as a program. And, and they can they can play that competition too. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, they can't. Well, that's why they get, and that's one reason why they get kids go there because they basically right. say, "Look, we'll play anybody." You know, if I'm a if I'm a one A school, and I want to attract two A development oh two a well yeah that's true <laughs> if i'm a smaller school there you go <laughs> if i'm a two a school and i want to attract players to either come or stay you know because a lot of these two a schools lose kids to i know they're a private school so i know they're different but you know if you want to attract these these kids you got to give them something to stay and and, and compete for so I, I think that's a good way to keep keep kids in the pipeline and and look that's also a good way to keep if you're a small public school that's also a good way to keep your kids interested is play four or five games that you might get thumped on because you're playing the best teams in your area of course sometimes those big schools don't like playing small schools i guess i know that because i don't think carmel plays i don't think carmel you know carl is a long time before carmel ever even considered playing westfield so let me guess your best player of the week's Cade Brenner. I'm going to go with Cade Brenner. Shocker. Junior guard out of Northwood. Best player. 17 points, uh, eight rebounds is what I had him for, four assists. Uh, did, a, did a little bit of everything to, uh, Thursday night, and he had to. I mean, he knocked down some big threes for them. Uh, he only had, man, he only had two, two point or two field goals inside the three-point arc actually now that i look at it that one and one of them was the game winner <clears throat> hit a nice little jumper i remember on the baseline too during that game uh was one of ooh four from the line so i mean he, he did it in other ways too got other guys involved had some nice assists that to guys that hit big time shots for them as well so uh, he he that was the, it was the best defensive performance I've seen him play as well. I know that's something that he's working on and getting better at. So Cade was Cade was on Thursday night in the game he needed. They needed him the most. He's he's been big in big games all year. I feel like too. Yeah, I mean, with with their success too as a team, he's probably got an inside track on being a junior all star. So agree. I had a text earlier. Uh, earlier, I say earlier in the month. It may have been earlier in the month, but it was probably late January. Asking me if he was a, if I thought he would be a junior all star. I was like, well, I mean, the way that process works, they you know they definitely look at team success. You know, so that you know the, as much success as Northwood has, ha- has had. I mean, they won the, they won their sectional. Even that was I walked in that gym, the the Tuesday or Wednesday of regional week you know, in the, in the COVID year, you know, that's that they just are continually, Aaron does a really great job up there. And, and I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, obviously it's the stuff that he does or that he supports and is part of in the community as far as developing kids, but he does a really good job of coaching them too, when they get to high school and, and, you know, they, they've won their sectional in the last two years probably even longer than that, but they just, they need to get over the hump and get to the state finals. So that would be fun. Get a chance to watch them down at, down at the, what's it called? Not game bridge. Can we just call it Conseco? Yeah, Conseco, please. <laughs> Remember the old RCA dome, the Hoosier oh, dome. Yeah. Hoosier dome. Yeah. All right. My player of the week, I'm going to go with Jaden Pinkston or my best player is, is Jaden Pinkston. I mean, Gage, Gage Sefton is, is right there. But I think Pinkston, a, a lot of it is just because of watching how his game has evolved, and that's that's a big part of it. it he, still needs to, he still needs to improve his jump shot. But I was really impressed with his playmaking, decision-making. He wasn't really rushing things offensively off the dribble. He probably took a couple shots in transition off the pass that I would take back, but and then, you know, in a game that goes overtime, you're like, eh, okay. Just because he's so athletic, 
it's so athletic and you think there's just better ways for him to get shots, especially in transition. But his overall improvement in terms of ball handling, decision-making was on display against, against Blackhawk. And he was really good. He can rebound. He rebounds his position. He's a freak of an athlete, a strong kid, football player as well. I mean, that he would be there. I mean, there, he could be one of those guys that doesn't play football in college and ends up being a pro. He's that kind of athlete and that kind of physique. And, and just his potential to be a lockdown defender. He's, he's just, he's really good. I mean, he's just physically, he checks every box. Let's just say that physically he checks every box. And as his jump shot improves, you know, I, I think he would be, I mean, I'm not sure why more division one schools are in on him. At least right now, because I don't, I, all you have to do is look at some game film from when he was a freshman to now to see the pathway of his jump shot, how it's improved. And it still has, it still needs improvement. It's not like it's a finished product. So, so that was my best player of the week. Um, any uh, promising prospects that you saw this week? Yeah. Um, speaking of Ian Rosh earlier, his little brother, Tyler. Yeah. Didn't play much. Maybe a minute, minute and a half is all. Six, seven freshmen. Wingspan is huge. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that him at all. or I have, yeah. Okay. Uh, but when he got in the game, he just affected it right away. I mean, he was he's so long, altering shots, uh, got a couple rebounds, even got a put-back put back bucket. But, but he's going to be good. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he started playing a little more down the stretch here, uh, give Northwood that, that bigger inside presence as well. Uh, for sectional time and tournament time, but but he's somebody definitely keep an eye on moving forward here. Yeah, that is. I think that has been the plan is for them to ease him in. Yeah, and, and play him and and certainly play him in spot situations. I don't know what Concord's roster looks like, but you can definitely bet if they play teams that that have you know a couple of big kids, for example, because his brother Ian can guard so many different people at the high school level. You know, he obviously then Tyler could come in and guard somebody else. You know, Ian would probably draw the, the better assignment, but then Tyler would guard, you know, would guard somebody where his length could be an issue or be a positive. But he is, uh, he's got a chance. Yeah, he's, he's, he's different, a different player than his brother. His yeah. brother is more of a, a wing, more of a perimeter player, even to some extent, a lot of times. I mean, I would be comfortable with Ian at the at the high school level being a primary ball handler, or certainly somebody that would initiate offense in transition. Uh, Tyler is right now. I mean, I think he shoots the ball decently well, but right now, offensively, he's mostly just attached to the paint. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't see much of the the JV game at all, so yeah, to see him work in there, but. Just a little yeah. bit. He was in the in the varsity game. He affected it, and like I said, he had a few rebounds and even scored. So, and, and he was in maybe a minute the entire game. Does Northwood play a senior? I'm sure they do. Uh, yeah, they have a couple seniors that that go for them. The I mean, younger here, kids, here we are younger kid starts and Cooper Weens. They have two seniors is all, and they both play. And both yeah, and here we are, another group start. of juniors, right? Yep. Yep. The game Blackhawk and Tenley, a lot of juniors. Yeah, the junior class is deep. Next year, state next year is going to be so wide open. At least at the three A and four A level, and we've said it before because I'm not sure how many like high major, like oh my god, irresistible force type players there are in that 2023 class. But there's a lot of them. There's a lot. There's a lot of good talent. There's a it's a it's a deep deep class, and it's a it's an even it's a level class. It's yeah, next year. Next year we'll have a really hard time figuring out who's going to win. Right. Gonna, we'll get the sectional and still won't know. We, we, we always script our sectional picks anyway, but we'll, we'll get. <laughs> it'll just be so wide open. But yeah, Northwood's right there with that group. So in terms of they are an underclassman, primarily junior led group, and then they've got the two sophomores and Coach Wolfson and and Nitarian yep. Tuggle, yep. as well as. Um, as well as the younger rash. So Tyler. Yeah. So 
My promising prospect was Josiah Bell from McConaughey, six foot five freshman. Um, did you know? Didn't do much early in the game, the first three or four minutes, but then there was a loose ball where he just flew his body into it, and then after that, he was nonstop energizer bunny the whole way. Handles the ball for them a lot, especially in transition. There's no, no one's up yelling at him to get the ball to, to a guard. He's he handles it well. He shoots the ball well, though. Right now, everything's off the pass for him as far as outside shot. You know, he he's definitely not afraid to drive. And Tippecanoe Valley's got some decent size. Tippecanoe Valley's a nice got some nice talent. That was a good game. That could have easily been my best game for the week. That was that was it was a good game. That's and that's why I went up there because I knew there was some good young talent. Tippecanoe Valley, pretty much all juniors. <laughs> They do play well. They do start one senior, but pretty much the rest of that group. And to think Leisure, Paul Leisure transferred from there to Rochester. Yep. And Rochester's been bad this year. And Tippecanoe Valley, even though they got some, probably a couple losses they shouldn't have, but uh, Tippecanoe Valley's got a really good group of young underclassmen, of underclassmen. Sorry. But Bell or Ball. It was good. I don't, he probably ended up with six or eight points last night, but just to watch his motor, watch how fearless he played. Pretty impressive. You're, you know, they, McConaughey does have a group of seniors that they, that they rely heavily on, especially uh, Betzner and Maven. And, you know, those two guys uh, pretty much, I'm sure are their two leading scorers without rechecking stats, but, but yeah, I was pretty impressed with Josiah Ball last night. So any weird, uh, any weird scores? I mean, I've 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 found one. Any any weird happenings this week, score wise, that stuck out? Um, maybe not necessarily weird, but we kind of talked about it yesterday with Penn just thumping John Glenn. Yeah, uh, wasn't even really a game. I had so one of my friends was actually there and talked to him a little bit during the game. He's like. He was just su- really surprised that Glenn was getting just manhandled. They Penn went on a twenty-four zero run at one point in that one. They've got they've got length. They don't have size though, do they? I mean, obviously they've got Burton and Smith, but I'm talking right. about Penn. Penn has yeah. length, but not size. Where Mishawak and Marion, the Marion kids are stronger, aren't they physically? Well, the Penn does have some size. They got the Gatetti kid who's like six six and long. But they is have, he? But I'm talking like length versus. And then they have the the they have the uh, thick kid also Woja Heskey or I can't remember how to say his last okay. name. He, he's like six eight and he's built like an ox. Um, so they do have him as well. But yeah, other than that, size wise, they're a little smaller at the guard spot than maybe a Marion. But they also have more depth than a Marion does. Do they have they have some depth? Okay, yeah. and then Marcus Burton is wonderful. So and yes. Julian and Joe Smith. Joe Smith and then Joey Garwood too. Yeah. 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 Burton. Burton's tremendous. It's just a long drive from Mishawaka to Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a difference maker at the point. I I'll be curious to see where his recruiting goes. I, I mean, if, if I'm a low D one school, I'm just, I'm just recruiting him because he, he controls possessions. He doesn't, when he plays with talent and I'm not, when he's under control or he's got a, definitely if he has a decent big to be with, he's fantastic because he just, the ball's on a string for him. You could see times when he's by far the best player on his team he can he really gets himself in a position where he feels like he has to do a ton and then as a result will make mistakes but you know maybe he he over penetrates a little bit but when they have control of a game or when they have the lead late he he's he's a bear man he is he's hard to contain because he's so good with the basketball so definitely agreed I guess my weird one was Brownsburg's loss to Attics. Obviously, I said earlier Cathedral lost to Floyd Central, but that's not too too strange. Floyd Central probably going to come out of the South. I mean, I don't see who beats them 
Who are Floyd Central's losses this year? They're 14 and 2. They lost to Jeffersonville, Kentucky. They lost to Pike. That's it. So I, I look at Jeffersonville. I look at Floyd Central as coming out of the South. They beat Jeff by 24, maybe without, maybe without uh, Will Loving's Watts. They beat New Albany by 31. Jeez. You know, that's their sectional. They beat Seymour by 10. Again, that's their sectional. Their sectionals, basically their conference, Bedford, North Lawrence, Jeffersonville, New Albany, Jennings County, Seymour, and then Floyd Central. They're 5-0 and among their sectional teams. I, mean, I, I would, you know, I don't see anybody on paper from the, the other side of the state beating them in regionals down south. I mean, it's not inconceivable. But they also had the size to match up with Cathedral. In fact, they're probably a little bit bigger. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. But they definitely had the size to match up with Cathedral. And if Cathedral's not hitting shots from the perimeter, I, I'm sure the uh, Floyd Central packed that thing in. And, and Chelichowski is – he's a big boy. He's, I think he's going to Marion, right? Uh, did, he, did he commit there? I think he got an offer. I don't we, think he committed. We, I think we're breaking news. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Oh boy. No, he... <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't want to don't want to report anything incorrect. No, yeah, he just has I, the one offer. How he doesn't there. have more. I know there's been some games where he's probably not produced statistically, yeah. but I mean the kid's six eleven. He's thick and he's he's only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. The the Brownsburg loss. So getting back to that, the Brownsburg loss to Addicts. I mean, look, Addicts is we've said all year that. Every time we talk about them, I quickly bring up that they're young. They're 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 their two best talents are a sophomore and a freshman. Uh, no no disrespect to Christian Nunn, but um, you know, especially in Briscoe, he's their best talent, and they're going to be you know they're going to be able to build around him. And they've you know there have been times where they've looked like a young team, you know, competing against big boys. You know, and, and they've, um, but they've got quickness. They grind things out. I could see that causing some issues with, with, with Brownsburg. I know that like a couple of the Brownsburg wins have been turnover laden on both teams, <laughs> even though, cause they, they create a lot of turnovers, but they also commit a lot of turnovers. So maybe that's how that game played out. I just was surprised to see addicts beating them because this has been Brownsburg's run. They, they beat Westfield they, with Braden Smith. Braden didn't play the whole game, but he was there until he got injured. They beat Carmel. They beat Zionsville. Uh, now Zionsville was still having some personnel issues with injuries and COVID, but but still, those are good wins. And their schedule doesn't get a whole lot easier. They play Pike, Noblesville, HSC, and Center Grove. So, Addicts has Tinley on the tenth. What day is that? Thursday. Yes. Tenth is Thursday. Yep. We'll be there. That gym will be packed. That'll be game. And they have Metro, Metropolitan, Washington, and Lutheran. So, all right, man, you get your reads, and then we'll do upcoming games. Yeah, go for let it. Get this, let me get this baby pulled up here. So I, I lied. I don't have my reads ready. But, all right, I'll uh, read it. You want to read it? Box Out Sports is go. leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Baseball season's coming up, so you can use that for baseball and softball too. Don't be don't be afraid to use it for that. We need to eliminate high school baseball. Whoa. Oh. Oh. Saying the quiet thing out loud. Gosh, we need to eliminate dang. high school baseball. Tell your guy from uh, down south that. Who's my guy down south? Who's the one that just got drafted by the White Sox? Oh, Montgomery? Yeah. Oh, well. Colson. Colson wouldn't like that. No, that's all right. It's still a hindrance. I don't care. (laughs) I don't have to worry about baseball coaches. They they don't impact me. (laughs) My job is to do my job. My my task is to appreciate what high school basketball coaches do. So I've pissed off many high school baseball coach. A couple of them them directly. Jeez. I just don't care. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. 
As always, we appreciate a rating and review, and you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter as well as Instagram. Follow us on both platforms at Courtside IND. That's Courtside IND, or in our, at least in that account, DMs are always open. My DMs are always open at JW Reamer. Yep. Same. Zach, are your DMs open? DMs are open. Z, Z Tyler, you'd say, yep. what's, your, what's your Twitter? ZT17 ZT Hoops. ZT17 Hoops. Yep. I've been getting into TikTok. Oh, geez. I know, right? So TikTok, out, all these things are driven by algorithms, unless you just look at a chronological feed. So right now my TikToks are all cat and dog videos. Oh boy. <laughs> Comedian lip syncing, um, DIY projects and cooking. So it's based on the, how long you watch a video, how many times you watch a video, let it, let it scroll through as well as what, what items you favorite and what items you share. So eventually you curate your feed the way you want it. And other than trying to learn how to do the Charleston, um, learning how to do some dance dance moves, those are my feet. It's cat videos, dog it videos, is. DIY projects, cooking, and comedian comedian lip syncing. The comedian stuff is just it's, it's fabulous. I, mean, I spend so much time watching this, watching that stuff. It's crazy. So, Jeez. what's your uh, God? <laughs> what games are you looking forward to this week? Edit that out. Oh, no, geez. no, it's, it's, it's TikTok's wonderful. Oh. <laughs> so Tuesday night, I try to stay local. I'm not sure what I'm doing Tuesday night yet. There's, I got a few options. Uh, Friday at, games this week now. Thousand like, games, yes. Tuesday night is crazy with it's flush. Oh with my basketball. gosh, I'm gonna try to see all teams I haven't seen yet this year. Uh, okay. Friday, Friday for sure. I'm gonna go over see Leo at Columbia City. Oh, that'd be so, a good one. Yeah. So I can see Leo. Uh, so I lied. I've seen Columbia city and uh, I haven't seen Leo. You liar. Uh, I am a liar. And then Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, I'll, I'll probably end up being the game. I've seen at least one of the teams, uh, Hammond's at Chesterton, Hammond central's at Chesterton. So that might be where I had Saturday night, even though I've seen Chesterton a gazillion times. Yeah, but they're the only undefeated for a team in the state. So I think it's that's true. Hammond, Hammond central should be a good one then. Um, Snyder plays Blackhawk Tuesday night. Uh, let's see. Well, Monday night, Lawrence North at Carmel. That's that's definite. Tuesday night, I don't know where I'm going yet. Not that we have to. Not that we're like just announcing where we're. You know, the, all the places we're going. But Tuesday night, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going yet. Tuesday night, probably we'll figure out a way to watch one of my guys play. What's going on Wednesday night? Wednesday night, there's a decent, um, let's see. Lawrence Central plays North Central. That's at North Central. I could easily see myself there. Although Wednesday night's usually trivia night around here, these around here in these parts. Oh, TikTok and trivia. Oh, Kilt McConaughey. I could go to that. TikTok and trivia, yes. This is what it's like to be in 50 <laughs> in Carmel. It's fun. Tatman. Uh, let's see. Let's check out the Thursday games. There's got to be too bad. One, yeah. It's too bad the stack pickles closed. Yeah, I know, but well, yeah, we're not going there. That's another so. story. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, let's say I do a lot of laundry because the bar we hang out in now is just a smoky bar, and it's Ugh. how's that Putnam County tournament going to turn out to be? You think on Thursday night? I mean, I think it should be evenly matched. I mean, there's Cloverdale has some nice wins, but they're hovering around 500. Greencastle who was obviously really good last year, struggling this year when they had a lot of seniors last year, South Putnam, just on a really bad run right now <laughs> and North, North Putnam, they're 13 and two. So maybe they're not yes. even matched. <clears throat> okay. I do remember, I remember North Putnam getting off to a two and two start thinking, well, you know, look, it's not often they just roll through a bunch of, a bunch of kids. I mean, coach Brooks's son graduated, um, but they've, they've got, yeah, they've got they're They just beat covenant Christian yesterday. So that was a good win for them. That's probably their best. I mean, that they beat Park Heritage, but I don't know if Christian Johnson was playing. Coach Brooks, if you're listening, you can send us send me a message on that. They beat North Northview. That was a good win for them. And then Covenant Christian was a really good win. So those those are three good wins for them. And the way Southmont's playing, 
I guess maybe that's what I thought. They lost to Southmont to start the year. And I thought, well, you know, that's okay. They they probably graduated some kids, et cetera, so forth. Um, and Sullivan didn't kind of put the smack down on them. But then Southmont turned out to be really good. They lost to Southmont by six to start the year. And Southmont is, of course, my internet freezes up here. Southmont's 12 and three. So it's the best season Southmont's had in a while. So they've, they've got some decent wins too, but. Um, so that's the Putnam County tournament. That's what that looks like. I know on the 12th, I'll be in Bloomington North. And then the 11th, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Friday, the 11th. I'm sure there'll be. I'm, I'm scrolling through here quickly to see if anything stands out. The answer, nothing stands out. But Mishawaka Marion plays South Bend St. Joe. Yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Battle of the Catholics. The Holy War, that's what that's called, remember? The Holy War, is it? Yeah. Oh, Noblesville Brownsburg. Definitely, I'll probably be at that game Friday night. So <laughs> something stands out. But the big one is Lawrence North at Carmel tomorrow night, rescheduled from Thursday. And I'm looking forward to seeing CJ Gunn play some basketball. Oh, yeah. Against the boys in blue. He so, just did a game winner last night, right? Against Connorville. He did. He did. Yeah. Against Connorville. Connorsville. Should that have come to a game winner though? Or I, I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're good. Look, Carrie's. Oh, I know they're solid. Yeah, Connorsville. Well, no, defensively, we love Connorsville, Carrie, yeah. is, Connorsville yeah. is right up there. And right. I'm not. No, I wasn't slighting Connorsville at all. I would just. It's just that. I mean, Lawrence North doesn't have. Again, they've got good young kids. They've got some good. They got a good group of sophomores. Right. But none of those guys played varsity last year. So, I mean, they okay. dressed and maybe got some spot minutes. But And even Mac Brown didn't get a ton of minutes as a junior. He got off to, he got off to a really good start this year when, when Gunn was hurt. And I know it's not been as consistent, his output, but he's had some – still had some good games. And he's always he's always going to be a threat. So he's going to have to be somebody that you know, the Carmel definitely keeps an eye on. But Right. But, or that – you know, and, but Connorsville is – it's, I mean, I think as disciplined defensively as Carmel Definitely. is, that's what Definitely. Connorsville is. And like I was, no, I wasn't sliding Connorsville at all because I know where they're tough and we love the coach and everything. But well, I get what you're saying in terms of you know, LN bigger school, right? Cetera, right. So that's where I was going for with that. Yeah. But then you look at what Connorsville did at Silver Creek last year. That's true. Yeah. And I just and we saw Lawrence North get run at Charlie Hughes by Snyder too, and yeah. I don't did gun play. Yeah, he wasn't playing, remember? I don't remember. Clearly yeah, I don't talking. remember. Yeah, he was playing. And I didn't see that game, but and if I don't see it, it doesn't happen. True. Oh, that's that's my theory on dunks. <laughs> so all right, Zach. Good show. Appreciate it. And yes. everybody listens. Thank you very much. If this is your if you're a subscriber, we appreciate you coming back every week. If you're not, hopefully you enjoy it. Hit subscribe, hit the subscribe button. And come back and listen to us again. Zach, until next week, man. Take care. Later.